0: drake you're the one who mentioned pusha t's fiance at the time you did that first so now you can't come back after you you can't make a rule saying well you can't do that after you did it first
1: yo what's good it's your boy South 706 back at it with the committee podcast uh today we got a a low crew, myself and Marcus Sniffles. uh solo dolo. Shout out to El Chapo. Shout out to uh, Mr. Savage. Shout out to Tribble. Shout out to everybody who rocks the podcast. KJ Dallas Kid. Uh, this is probably the last episode before the uh, new decade, I guess. 2020. 2020 game. Um, shout out to everybody who with the community podcast uh, this past year. Appreciate all the support. Uh, but going into this new decade, I was uh, hanging out and I was watching... Well, I finally got Disney Plus. Well, I don't have Disney Plus. My wife has it, so I was watching Iron Man One, and one thing that stuck out to me was like the graphics in that movie compared to what they have now were terrible. Like I was like, "Wow!" Like there were some high spots, but some of it just looked pretty bad. But uh, it, it still it still holds it down as the best Iron Man movie, one of the better Marvel movies. But in retrospect, the uh, you know the graphics were kind of trash, but. It is what it is. They definitely developed their formula a little bit better now as they progressed. And shout out to Marvel with that move for actually laying down the foundation for the rest of the movies. Like I didn't remember them starting from the jump, you know, setting everything up. But I mean DC, you had your chance, man. They from from day one they said, Hey, this is how we're doing this. This is the blueprint. You can do this and print money, but for whatever reason they refused to do that. So
0: but I would I would go with uh um Civil War as the best Iron Man movie.
1: I would go with Civil War as the best Avengers movie. To be honest. Yeah,
0: I think it's top three. But, like, as far as, like, the character of Iron Man and his development and, like, story-wise, I'd probably go with Civil War as as the, the best Iron Man movie. Iron Man 1 was really good, though. It still holds up. And, like you said, they put a lot into that movie. Like, if that movie fails, like, the entire MCU was like nothing. Like they they don't have anything. It stops right so
1: there. So speaking of failures, <laughs> um, I was watching the movie and I was like, I tweeted out, I was like, the biggest fumble, the biggest bad fumble of the decade will be keeping it a buck. And I posted a picture of Terrence Howard standing next to what would become the War Machine sh- suit. And in the movie, if you watch it, he looks at it and he's like, next time, baby. And shortly after that, Don Teal became a uh, war machine. So uh, that that tweet is not gone viral, but it's gone visual. I don't go viral, I go visual. Um, it has like 13,000 retweets. And and it's funny, like people were, it's it's hilarious. Like, oh yeah, man, no lies, he dropped the bag, blah, 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 blah. And then some people are like, oh, you know, but he, he has empire now, I'm like, bruh. He makes like hundred and twenty-five K per episode to Empire. He could have made that times a zillion playing dress up, being a Marvel character. You know what I'm saying? They're so like, oh, you know, he's got empires, he's gonna get reruns, he's gonna get syndication that and get checks from that. I'm like, bro, the rerun checks you're gonna get is probably not even gonna match like the DVD sale checks you're gonna get from being in a Marvel film. That's not counting merchandise, t-shirts. Video games, possible spin off movies, clothes, toys, all that stuff. And, and there are some people get mad, like, oh, you know, and I didn't really read the whole story. Like, I've, I've, I've heard some of the origin stories of the Marvel franchise, but from what I saw, the John Favreau guy, Happy Hogan, was like the guy that kind of pushed to get Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. He's like, yo, if I can't get him, you know, I want to do these movies. But other people are saying that, uh, Terrence Howard kind of pushed to get Robert Downey Jr., and when they came to negotiate for the second movie, you know he was trying to—I don't know—they said he was trying to get as much money as Iron Man or something like that. And they was like, "Nah, bro." <laughs> let me called Don Cheadle and let him do the movie for an eighth of what you were gonna get paid. So, like, I don't really care about the details, but regardless, the bag was fumbled. And you got these nerds coming to my mentions talking about like, "Oh, Iron Man One came out in two thousand eight, so that's the wrong decade." I'm like, bro. Like, enjoy the joke, man. Let, let me get these jokes off. Like, you retweet it, have a laugh at it. A bag was fumbled. Like, you get, you get what we were trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's so not that serious. It's not that serious. Well, forever.
0: actually, Iron Man 1 came out in 2008, so it's not in this day. Shut the hell up. Like, yeah, I- somebody,
1: somebody was like, well, if you know anything about Disney, <laughs> blah 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 blah. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here.
0: Dude. You know about
1: Disney, <laughs> like, shut up. I was like, beat it, nerd, get out of here. Don't be trying to hear that, shit, but, <laughs> but but shout out to him, man. Like, he he, he fumbled the bag. And my question to you guys listening this week is, what is the biggest bag you fumbled in life? Like, I'm sure we all have our our missteps in this journey, but I, I'd i say starting to myself, I think, uh. A bag I fumbled that I realized later down the road was uh, I had a job at Ruby Tuesdays and I was washing dishes, right? Doesn't sound great. It wasn't great. But at the time, to solely wash dishes, I was getting paid $10 an hour. And I quit because I wanted to cook food instead of just wash dishes for $10 an hour. I could have minded my business in the back. Collect that ten dollars an hour just to wash dishes, and I said, "Nah, bro." So I would say that is the the bag that I fumbled that I can think of off the top of my head. You guys, let us know um what bags you fumbled in life.
0: So I'll say for me, like as far as like bags being fumbled, I would say me being what like eighteen or nineteen, making the decision to move out of my parents' house just because I felt like I was grown. I could I I should have just stayed at home for like a year or two and did did the college thing at home and saved up a lot of money and then gone from there. But instead, I decided to do the college experience. I was broke as fuck for like two years. So that was
1: pretty dumb. Yeah, I mean, it happens. You know, you let me learn, Uh, you know, people people have regrets, which is something that I really thought about as I pivot smoothly to the next topic was this uh this drake interview with the rap radar and i noticed he mentioned like during it he had a lot of regrets which i don't i don't know i don't know how i feel about people that have regrets i guess it's a mindset like i would look at it more as a lesson but he's like oh yeah you know i had all these this regret for this this regret for that so i don't know maybe that's the mindset with the newer folks but that, that was kind of the big buzz on the twitter was this drake interview it was like oh this uh this revealing interview and for yo, mute your bike. Your shit is popping again. you out of control. But anyways, uh, I'm not going to edit that because I'm too lazy. But they're like, oh, this drink interview was, was revealing and it was you know, whatever it was. It kind of went, I don't know if it went viral. People were talking about it. Shout out to Ocho. I think his page got suspended. I would love to hear his commentary on this. If y'all know Ocho, you got his cell phone number, like DM me so I can hit him up. If y'all know his IG, you know them up and i'll, I'll get them on the podcast but uh, initially my my reaction was to the podcast or with rap radar was like i'm a bit biased because every time i hear an interview i always think that a combat jack could do it better you know rip combat or or maybe even somebody else that would ask like less layup questions or softball questions and i get it you don't want to you know because again, it's Drake, like, he's the biggest artist in the world, he, he allowed him to come into his mansion, and, you know, do the whole interview thing, but my thing is, if you're going to interview somebody, man, like, g- give us something interesting, like, it, it was more of a charming interview, because Drake is a charming guy, you know what I'm saying, like, he's, he's a cool dude, but it, it wasn't anything that I left listening to, like, oh, shoot, like, there's this huge revelation, or There's something new I learned about Drake. Like it was essentially just Drake Drake draking it up. You know what I'm saying? Like he's an entertainer, he's an actor, he's a thespian, he's a musician, he's a singer. So it it was entertaining. But as far as like a pure interview, it kind of left me kind of left me wanting more. And and what I think I'm going to do is probably go back listen to the Jay-Z interview because I felt the same about that one again, it's Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? He's letting you in his mansion, you know, being in his house, you know, being his presence. So, again, you don't want to come in acting kind of reckless or being disrespectful. But at the same time, it's like, did, did I learn anything from that? Like, was this really that great of an interview? Like, was this really groundbreaking? Like,
0: is well, I, I know it, for but, me, after I finished watching it, I kind of wondered to myself, like, what is, what are the hard, like, because obviously, like, they came to his house. Like, they're they're not going to you know, asking me hardball hard questions. I'm not going to pin him down on something like that. But I was wondering, like, all right, so what are the questions that, the tough questions that they should have asked or that, you know, that you would have liked to have heard? Because I know for me, just based on how things have been going lately, I think I would have liked to hear him talk about his relationship with, uh, billy eilish and the young lady that plays 11 on stranger things because he is you know in his 30s billy eilish just turned 18. the girl that's from stranger things i believe she's under 18 so i would like for him to kind of i guess defend that relationship because i mean that's kind of inappropriate like i know he's doing this whole you know i'm in the industry they're in the industry i'm trying to be their role models and guide them through but I don't know. I, I would like to have, have heard him uh, talk more on that. Um, I think I would have liked for them to really talk more about uh, the relationship between um, him and Nicki Minaj, especially during the uh, the Meek Mill beef, because like he, he he said a lot of things as far as like you know when Lil Wayne went to jail, he felt like he was one that was that had the the sole responsibility of carrying the, the label, knowing that Nicki Minaj was. label mate, like, I don't know why you would feel that kind of pressure when she's, in my opinion, a better rapper than you, so I would have liked to have heard a little bit more about that, and about um, how how he feels when his music is compared to, like, someone like Kendrick Lamar, because when Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar is his peer, Uh, Kendrick Lamar and Drake kind of came up at the same time. If you ask people like uh, Ocho, Ocho will say that without Drake, there is no Kendrick Lamar because Kendrick Lamar got that look on, um, not Marvin's Room, but the song right after. It used to be like this, the interlude after that song, but then it became like a separate song. And then uh, Kendrick Lamar opened for Drake on tour. So, I mean, Kendrick got a lot of eyes on that. And I would have liked to have heard like how Drake feels about the idea of Kendrick surpassing him as far as being the better artist uh, the 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 more acclaimed artist you know the grammy award winner the time i would have liked to hear what he has to say about that well i
1: wouldn't i i wouldn't say better artist per se i would probably say the better pure rap artist if that makes sense because like drake kind of he kind of not copped out on that but he even said in the interview, like, he has, uh, he said he has a responsibility or he has an obligation to his fans not only rap, but sing. Like, he has to give his fans the rapping and then, you know, he has to bar them up and then give them kind of the melodic, the the, the kind of the new wave of a rap. And I'm like, I'm like, you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, he really doesn't. <laughs> you get, yeah, at yeah. this point, Drake can do whatever he wants
1: yeah and he even kind of alluded to that because he was talking about uh one of the parts he talked about when he was trying to get 40 in the studio when they had engineers you know oh no 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 i think it was about the uh, music video but he he alluded to like yeah that was back when they could tell me what to do so he knows that he's on a uh on a different level as far as an artist so he he literally can can do whatever he wants to you know what i'm saying so like if you want to give us a double album one half rap one half singing like if that's what he wanted to do, he could do it. But yeah, I think that would have been cool because he really didn't he really didn't touch on any of his peers. Like I know you said with the uh, the whole meat mill thing or the whole little Wayne thing with him having to hold the torch down, uh, with little Wayne going to jail. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like there there's stuff they could have could have pressed more, like you said, the Nicki Minaj thing or you know the whole beefs thing, but um. Like what? What is your what is your your kind of your point on that? Because I, I have a list and I want to run through my list before I forget my points.
0: Uh, you talking about as far as him and Pusha T?
1: No, no, him and like Kendrick Lamar like pushing on those type of topics.
0: I, I would say he was pretty. Uh, Drake is pretty contra- contradictory. Like he's I'm not. He's hypocritical about some of the things that he says, and to me, it seems like he just kind of makes up rules as he goes to kind of fit his. Uh, I guess, narrative or ideals because he's just like, you know, at some point, you know, if you start rapping about someone's girl or their child or their parents, you're going to, you know, not feel the need to rap. You're going to feel the need to see that person, like, handle it as men. That's something that Drake said, but it's a thing where, okay, Drake, you're the one who mentioned Pusha T's fiance at the time. You did that first. So now you can't come back after you, you can't make a rule saying, well, you can't do that after you did it first. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he put your business out there, but, and now you're saying he broke a rule that you just made up, but you broke that rule before you made it up. So it doesn't count. Like, how does that work?
1: So I, that, that was one of the, the points I made in my notes. He said that, uh, we're talking about pusher T, uh, he has no morals or respect, <laughs> but again, like, Again, he also brought up Pusha T's wife in the Duppy freestyle first, so that that doesn't make sense, and, and it's hilarious because there's a tweet uh, that, uh, like, well, he has a line of nonstop where he's talking about like I'm a wild disrespectful dog ass Negro, but then like Pusha T crossed the line, you just kind of like, oh, you know, you know, I don't want to rap no more. It's got too far. Like, you're, you're contradicting yourself even more, bro. Like, you can't in one hand say you this gangster dude and blah 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 but then when somebody you know gets on some gangster shit you're gonna fall back and then act like you want to play no more like you know take your ball on the home type of shit like that shit is I mean, again I mean, like I said it was just a it was an interview with Drake being Drake. I was like all right man like
0: I mean at that, at that point place, place. I mean, just just take your L you know what I'm saying like if you're if you listen to the the pusha T's response and you know he's rapping about your kid He's rapping about, you know, tick, 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 you know, that boy, six, six, six. I get that. If you're just like, yo, I'm gonna come see this dude now because of that. Then go see this dude. Stop like stop talking about how, you know, well, I had this song that I was doing and I'm, you know, and you start putting out stuff like, oh, well, Jay Prince told me not to put out a response. It's just like if you if you either go see Pusha T and talk this out or figure this out. Like men or just stop talking about it. Take your L and move on. And like, like you, your your career is gonna be fine. Like you're still gonna do numbers. Your singles are gonna do go number one. Your album will be number one. Your videos will get a million views in an hour. Like your his career is going to be fine. But the more you do this tough talk, it just does that. That's I think that would kind of uh, leave a stain on his career if he continues to do this tough talk because. The thing that's kind of annoying, annoying me about Drake is he keep he will not leave Kanye West alone. Like he keeps on throwing shots at Kanye, he keeps on throwing bars at him. It's just like Kanye doesn't want to do this. (laughs) Like I don't know, I don't, I, I don't think Kanye has a a problem with him anymore. I think he probably did at a point. I think they both had a problem with each other, but I feel like if those two were to get into a room and talk it out. They could figure this out, but it seems like Drake is the one who doesn't want to do it. Like, he doesn't want to get in there and talk it out with Kanye. He doesn't want to get in there and talk, talk it out with Pusha T. But he also doesn't want to get in a booth and rap with Pusha T either. He, he just wants to continue to take shots at Kanye. And you keep taking shots at Kanye, like, Pusha T is right there, bro. You think he's just going to let that shit slide? Like, you're going to end up just taking another L.
1: Yeah, so this is the tweet from Dragonfly Jones. I we've used this as a cover of the podcast before. We will probably do it again, but you said Drake told us on nonstop I'm an unforgivable wild I'm an unforgiving wild ass dog n-word on the album. Then told us he was going to let a dude across all types of lines slide in the barbershop. Rappers be lying. Like it's it's uh, that's like we said, I think the, the, the kind of subject matter of this episode is just Drake's contradictions. So we've already talked about all this stuff before, but now that he's actually, like, said things about it, like, he has his own words, you know, documented, now we can kind of, you know, dissect what he's actually saying. Yeah. So, yeah, so going with the Pusher T thing, push thing again, like, he says, like, he was saying, like, he would turn up on yay again if he ever, you know, comes back out, but it's like, he says that, but then at the same time, doesn't want any smoke with Pusher T. And it's just like he was just saying some wild shit. Like, well, and the, and the thing he does is he
0: he he's doing the thing with you know, Pusha T is not, um, he's not on Drake's level. Which, if you look at like numbers, album sales, Billboard charts, streams, Pusha T isn't on Drake's level. Kanye West is more on Drake's level, but when we talk about lyrical ability, punchlines, straight rapping bars, Pusha T is beyond. Drake and has been for a long time. And I kind of I'm kind of annoyed with some of the things that Drake says when it comes to um when people take shots at him. Because I, I I distinctly remember he did a he did an interview. Um I can't remember who that it's ironic that I said that I distinctly remember it, but I don't remember who he did an interview with. It was on SoundCloud or something. But it was like right after the uh Controlverse came out, and he was just saying, like, oh well the control verse is hot for for the moment. You know what I'm saying? It's something that people will talk about for a week or two, but no one's going to turn on the control verse in two years. No one's going to want to listen to that in two years. And, and, you know, I understood what he was talking about. And he he also kind of did the same thing with Pusha T when he was saying, like, well, Pusha T's not really relevant. He doesn't really have songs that go off. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have hits. He's not as popular as me. And I get that. But when we talk about the impact of certain records and certain moments, the Control verse is going to be brought up as one of the best uh "quote unquote" disc records, or you know, throwing down a gauntlet that that's ever been you know written or ever been rapped before. Uh, the the story added on is going to be referred to as one of the best disc records in the last twenty years. Like those are moments in hip hop. Like, are they going to be on the top of the charts? Probably not. No, they're not. They're not going to be getting the, the most streams. But when you talk about, like, the history and the importance to the culture, those two moments are bigger. I'm trying to think. Is the story I added on and the control freestyle, has Drake ever had a moment bigger than those two, than those two moments in hip-hop? and I, I, That don't include, like, album sales. Like, as Drake is, you know... He's out there when it comes to album sales. When we, when we talk about like, oh, this verse that Drake did or this bar that Drake threw out there, this is going to resonate for the next five years. Like this is something that when you discuss rap 10 years from now, you have to bring up this moment. And I can't think of one, but I don't know if Drake has one of those. And Kendrick has that. Pusha T has that. You know what I'm saying? Like what is it that that Drake has done to really... Like what moment has he had? Maybe the back to back uh song. That's probably one of them, but
1: I think people would argue him, him and Chris Brown getting back together on no guidance, I guess that'd be a quote unquote moment, but it's not like a, a hip hop moment. It's just like these guys were beefing and they got they reconciled, but to the whole push your teeth thing, like and, and you tweeted about this as well. But one of the things that Drake said that
0: I almost cut the interview
1: off after this, but he pretty much said that uh, Pusher T made a career off that disc. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Jesus I was god. like, "What?" Because you, you, you know what? <laughs> but like, even like before that sentence, he was like, "They were talking about Pusher T," and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, talking about he don't really like his music." But in the same breath, he's like, "Yeah, I have a signed mic from Pusher T upstairs in my house right now." So, uh, so I'm yeah. like, what? talking about like you can't oh you know when i was 16 years old when i thought he was the biggest drug dealer he you know like bro come on dog like
0: he's he's and he's doing that thing where he's talking out of both sides of his mouth you can't you cannot get on the interview and say i don't like push a music because i like rappers whose songs i believe in and then you work you like i have a playlist of every well not everyone but just my favorite uh rick ross and drake collab songs like the songs with both of them are on there yeah. he's got a, he's got over 10 of those he's got over 10 songs with rick ross rick ross the biggest boss thus far you know coke dealer uh slinging weight correction
1: officer office. <laughs>
0: <C-9>. officer ricky <laughs> you got you got songs with that guy but you don't believe push T's music you are signed to Lil Wayne, who was outed as a, what, a fake Crip or fake blood or something like that. Oh, like, he he was wearing like both. He was wearing blue at the beginning of his career and now he's wearing red. Like, you have pl- and and I don't be like I don't care. About that. Industry, bro. I'm, I'm not like I'm not a child. Like, I don't care if Rick Ross was a, a corrections officer. He makes great music. I don't care if Pusha T was out here selling weight. He makes great music. I don't care if Lil Wayne is a gang member or not. He makes great music. That shit don't matter. Like, he he and he knows that because he sees behind the scenes. He knows the lifestyle that rappers are living and not living, and he can tell you like they're not living that life. Like, if you listen to Two Changes Two Changes albums and songs, you would never know that that man is married with three kids. You wouldn't know that based on his music because he, he like he's just now starting to rap about that stuff. But he hasn't been doing that. I had no idea like Fat Joe was married with kids. Like oh, his kids are like 18. He's been married the entire time. I didn't know that. Rappers be lying. Like it is what it is. Don't don't yeah, try to put Pusha T in this. Of rapper. <laughs> yeah, don't don't try to put Pusha T in this box where it's like, well, I don't believe I don't like his music because I don't believe what he be saying. Like, oh, that's the standard for what makes well, music good.
1: But then, but then yet he he's a, a fan of Jay-Z and like those 92 bricks are still out there, apparently. Like come on, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> the bricks are still out on the streets. They out <laughs> But you don't believe, believe pushing teals. So, okay.
0: All right. it's, it's like, man. come on, Drake. You're 33 years old, man. You should be able to like know the difference between, you know, rappers just talking shit and what's actually real. Like, come on, bro. Like, you you gotta you gotta have better standards than that. Like, you you know better than that. Because I'm, yeah, sure I would if, we go through, if we go through Drake's lyrics, we can find plenty of things where we're just like, really, like that's what you. Oh were no,
1: not I, I know. I, I think I've tweeted before. I said this on the podcast. Like I love trap Drake, but he's it's 100 percent not believable. Like it's it goes off, but like I'm just like bro, I don't believe anything you're saying. But it's it's slapping. But like I don't believe you. <laughs> like you're Drake, dog. You're not some fucking kingpin, don. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're from Canada, bro. <laughs> you're I a dual citizen, man. Like get the fuck
0: out think- of. You. I don't believe any of these rappers, man. Like, and the, and the funny thing, oh, that, is that, that, like,
1: the, the, I believe Gucci Man.
0: That's the only one I believe. That, yeah, yeah, Gucci Man. I believed what he was doing. Like, he was really out here. Like, he was yeah. wildin'. <laughs> That's different. But like, I mean, he was saying like he's one of the, he's the only rapper. Like, cause he, he mentioned it when they were talking about like you know uh, between him and like uh, Kendrick and J Cole because you know they come out, they rap, and then they go home. And they just do the family stuff. And Drake is just, you know, well, I'm out here living that rap lifestyle. Like that's this is what I do. I'm out here in these streets. And, and another thing he said, he was just like, Oh, well, um, you know, Pusha T can't go anywhere without security. I'm just out here living this rap style. So I'm like, ain't no ain't no way in hell Drake is
1: okay. out well, here, okay. without you, he, security. No way. He says that he says that yet his daddy Jay Prince tells him <laughs> is pretty much, you know, looks after him, protects him like, dog. come on, man.
0: Like it's, a, it's the tough talk. They adding up.
1: They adding up. Man. I think Drake would be a great uh, a great pundit on Fox News. Like he just takes facts and just makes it whatever his fan base wants to believe. Like they probably ate that interview up. Like that was probably the greatest thing to them, which is great, but I mean there's gotta be people that look at it objectively not like as a as a fan. And I say all this to say that I, I I do enjoy Drake's music. I enjoy the simping, but you know I, when he's actually rapping, like Drake is, he's he's you know top tier. But it, know, it was just that he said all that stuff. But I kind of noticed a pattern though because they were asking, you know, would you ever want to reconcile things with Pusher T and uh, Kanye West? And he was like, not really. The Pusher thing more. The pusher T one was more interesting because it, it seemed like the pattern was, in beefs that he didn't lose, he had no problem like, you know reconciling, you know what I'm saying? Like when he was beating your head, or went back to back and charged up, you know it's cool that him and Meek can squash the beef for. I mean, I guess him and Chris Brown's thing was not wax, but I mean they whatever it was, it got it got squashed or whatever. But when you take an L, and he won't even accept his L. He's like, oh, you know, I guess I took an L. No, bro, you took an L, man. Like. You, you you took
0: an L. You yeah, I mean, took he, a L. He, he said he took an L, but he says he took he only took an L because he bowed out. Like okay, I I guess.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. But I just found that kind of interesting. It's like you know, just accept it, move on. It's, like you said, it's not going to affect your career. You do what you do. But nah. I
0: mean, and, and I do want to. Sure. I do want to kind of. I don't want this to be a like. A, you know, just viewed as like a bunch of Drake hate or whatever. But I I did appreciate that they, that the interviewers did acknowledge that, uh, like since Drake came out, like he's been pretty much at the top of the rap game since he came out. Like they said this was a decade of Drake. I would would argue that it's been the decade of, of Kanye West. But I think when I say that, I think about like as far as like impact and cultural relevance and the actual music, But when we talk about like songwrite or when we talk about like sales, streams, charts, um, even features, um, views, all that stuff, like Drake has been at, like he's been on the Billboard charts since he came out. Like he's never not been on the charts. So it's hard to argue that Drake hasn't been uh, the biggest uh, artist. Not even not even just rapper, just biggest artist in general of the 2010s. Like and it is it is cool to 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 see uh someone who is still technically in their prime getting getting their uh their uh roses while they're still out here doing it because you know we we tend to wait until people are like you know washed up or even you know passed away before we actually give them credit for for all the great things that they did and drake has had a great decade like he is i i can't take anything away from him like and I'll say it again. I know I'm, I'm critical of some of the things that he says when he's like, you know, you know, don't talk about people's wives and kids and, and grandmas, even though he said, bitch, you wasn't shooting me in the gym, shooting with me in the gym about someone's wife. But Drake has had a great decade. Like the 2000, the 2010s have been great to Drake. So I can't take it. To the, and I like his music. Like, I'm a fan of his music. I, and I honestly, I feel like you can't. I feel like you cannot be a fan of rap music and not like Drake. Like, I, that's just yeah, I you're,
1: you're just you're just hating at that point. Like, it's, I can't take you seriously. Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, you may not like, you may not like LeBron James, but to deny that he's arguably yeah. one of the greatest basketball players of all time, you're just hating. Like, Exactly. I, we can see what this man can do. Like you, you sound crazy. You sound really stupid. <laughs> like
0: you can't. You can't rap, say no. Frank isn't talented. You can't say he's not a good rapper. You, like you can't do that. Legitimately, yeah. I mean, you could say you don't like. You know, you can say you don't prefer songs like Marvin's Room, but when you you look at like what like, uh, four p.m. in Calabasas or something like that, or. 0 to 100, like there's certain songs that if you're a fan of rap music that you have to acknowledge that are great and that Drake is a great rapper. Like, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and just kind of talking more beef talk, like he, he mentioned that earlier in his career, he, he he tried to mimic Joe Budden a little bit. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't kind of push on that too, because I believe they, they squashed their, their beef too, but even like the origin of that beef was kind of it was kind of weird because I guess Joe Button. I was listening to the Joe Button podcast when that dropped, and he was just being—he was being critical. Like, as an as an artist, people can be critical of you, and I think his criticisms were legit. You know, for some things he was saying, as far as the, the album, I believe it was—I think he was talking about Scorpion, maybe.
0: No, it, this had to have been views. This had—I think I'm pretty sure. it was. Oh, views. okay, yeah, yeah, views. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, I
0: mean, speaking of speaking of views, I actually listened to that album last night. I like the criticism of that album is fair. <laughs> like, whatever kind of criticism you have of Drake, when it comes to views, I'm pretty sure it's it's legitimate and it's fair, because that album, at the very least, is un- un- uninspired, to say the least. And, and yeah. I, I heard an interview that he did, the same interview where he was talking about the control verse, he said that he originally just wanted to do just, like, singing, you know, like, dance hall or Afrobeats-type songs, but he felt like his fans wouldn't appreciate it or wouldn't gravitate towards it without the rapping songs on there so he put songs of him rapping on there like he just threw them on there to appease a certain part of his fan base and that's why you look at the track list and it's like oh well, you got a song with future on it and it, di- it didn't do any numbers you got a song with rihanna on it and it, di- it still didn't do any numbers like it's because the music wasn't great. You just kind of threw stuff on there, and if you want to talk about him not growing as an artist on that on that project with those songs, that was fair. Like Joe Budden was probably right in what he was saying.
1: And then he tried to do the whole, well, the narrative or his fan base, the Aubrey's Angels, were like, "Oh, Joe Budden's not rele- relevant." And then they did the whole thing where it's like, "Oh, oh, this one, this uh, pump it up." One hit wonder guy blah 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 like he, he they did the whole discredit this guy because he's not as big as drake it's like there's not many people that are as big as drake so that i feel that argument holds little to no weight and like who's biggest rap rap wise like there isn't anybody
0: right now not in 2000 going into 2020 there is no rapper biggest Drake.
1: Yeah, Maybe, I just, I, just feel, I feel like you should be take, but like I feel like you should take criticism a little better than that, but another thing that I found interesting he said was and he said this before, but he says he makes uh he makes uh he never takes the criticism about him simping because he makes music for women. But the funny thing about that is is like most of his stands are dudes. So like what does that say about his fans, his male fans if he's making Music for women, but they stand the hardest for him. Like that'd probably be my second question of the episode. Like, w- which one of his fans are more, you know, the more about that Drake life? Because I, I feel it's the guys. But again, he says he makes music for women. So why are the guys going so hard for Drake? Like I don't, know, I, I don't first, I
0: don't see, a, I don't see a lot of women on Twitter like defending Audrey. Violent life. Like, dudes are, like, laying it down on the line for this dude, man. Like, they will go to bat for him all day. It don't matter. I don't see women doing that for Drake, so I don't know.
1: Uh, Let's see. The whole classic argument, that could be a whole episode within itself. But one of the biggest things that I pulled from that is that his, paraphrasing his definition of the classic, is a classic is a body of work that shaped years and years of music and impacted music and the culture. So I mean k that's 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 an interesting take. That's an interesting take.
0: I mean I would say maybe maybe uh so far gone, but even then you can point to other other albums like that of that same kind of vibe or style or um type of uh, singing that came out before it that are better. So it's like uh, i don't know well,
1: even with that it's kind of like even with the whole and i know uh, shout out to pratt a while ago probably like a year maybe two or three years ago weird i'm about to look at this tweet we we're talking about it and he was essentially saying that mixtapes are the new albums so i'm like so now retroactively you can say drake has a quote-unquote classic even though he had a debut album you know what i'm saying like it's it, it kind of muddies the water on the whole classic thing which another thing he said he's like he doesn't like the word classic because he has you have to let things grow but then he still would call i guess some time has passed since nothing was the same because that was what he said his favorite album was but it's kind of weird that like now because that was your best body of work that the whole mixtape streaming thing is coming about that now that's considered a classic album like it's and maybe i'm sounding like the old guy you know howling at the moon but like it's kind of like that That i feel like that's kind of cheating the system if that makes sense like
0: it's, it was a mix you're saying considering mixtapes classics or like if, yeah, if he wants yeah, to yeah. say yeah. like his mix because, because of just,
1: he just missed his first album like he kind of was like oh yeah you know that's when i was in you know the, the machine and the industry and i'm trying to get these big names oh, on oh, there
0: yeah. and that, that's for sure though like you can look at the track listing on that one yeah like, like, the the album. Say, that's exactly a label. That's a label album right there,
1: for sure. yeah, But but I mean there but there are there are people that have label albums that are classics though. You know what I'm saying? Like so again, like you you said earlier in the episode, like he kind of changes the rules to fit the game he's playing, or moves the goalposts, or whatever you want to call so, it.
0: When, when I when I say like label album, I'm I'm talking about as far as like the label is looking at. Okay, wh- who is doing numbers out here? Let's get them on the album. Like let's get a. Let's get Nicki Nicki Minaj feature because she's popping. Let's get a Young Jeezy feature. Let's get a Jay Z feature. Let's get a Lil Wayne feature. Let's get a Swiss Beats feature. Let's get a Alicia Keys feature. Like those features all like together in a vacuum, like mixed in, like eh, like some of those songs just it, it feels it felt
1: forced. Some of those songs, some of those I features. don't like fireworks. That was a that was a wild. That's a weird way to open up a rap album to me, but you know, it is what it is. I did like uh what CC's interlude, Shut It Down with the Dream was a great song. Uh, best I Ever Had, of course. Um, fancy, of course. I don't know. That Aaliyah song doesn't really resonate with me. Like it, a lot of people made a lot of hype about that just because of Aaliyah's name was attached to it, but like it's not something I've gone back and listened to in oh. shit, probably years speaking speaking of leah i would have liked for them to kind of
0: uh press him on some of his tattoo choices because that's kind of some of those weird
1: like oh man yeah yes yeah. see that's that's just <laughs> what people want that, that stuff is interesting to me or even like one thing that i would love to hear about was the whole young money era because again i talked shout to tribbles i talked about this like if you if you look at the some of the lyrics of bedrock there is some wild shit going on in them lyrics, man. Hella problematic. So if you're rapping like this, like that, uh, the lifestyle that went with that, I'm I'm curious to see. Like, there had to be some wild stories about the Young Money era. That would have been probably great. Probably the statute limitations probably passed. They probably could have told them, but I'm sure there was some wild shit going on. So, yeah, that stuff like that. Yeah, the tattoos, Young Money era, the Joe button thing would have been cool to impress. The Nicki Minaj thing would have been cool to impress. Like, even when he was saying with the trying to shoot himself bail on the whole L not taking an L push your T, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, even with the meat milk battle, we didn't really get too deep about, you know, you know, relationships or kids, but like, and back to back, he had a, a bar specifically saying, like, I'll never want to hear this ever again, not even when she tells you that we're, that you're better as friends, like, I mean, there's kind of only one person he's talking about when he, yeah, he said "are." Like, is that, a, is, that a, he,
0: is that a world tour or a
1: girls tour? Like, we know he's he talking about. that was like the okay. So right there, that was like the biggest lie was something direct. He's a walking contradiction. <laughs> like that's all he
0: does. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot because I, I just pulled up the because I tweeted some things about it. Uh, he he was saying when it came when it comes to him rapping in different like accents he was saying that the only reason he does that is because he doesn't want people to get tired of it and move on. And my question is, how many rappers have, how many times have you ever heard someone say, you know what, I'm tired of listening to Jay-Z rap in his New York accent. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of Snoop Dogg rapping with his West Coast accent. I'm tired of Ludacris rapping in, in his Down South accent. That's not a thing. Like, if that's how you talk, that's how you talk. We're not going to be like, "Wow, Nicki Minaj sounds super New York on every song she's ever on." I'm tired of this. I'm ready to move on from it. Like, get out of here, man. You just like, up now.
1: Hey, if you want to, my thing is if you want to experiment, just. Say so that's what it is. Like, hey, I'm a fan of Afrobeats or reggae or whatever. I kind of want to experiment with it, so that's kind of what I did. And it's great music. And that, and I don't really see that as a huge issue, like with the, the cultural appropriation thing, because like he says that, in those spaces where people who make that music matter, they're cool with this. So I'm like, all right, if you got the, you know, you got the co-sign if you got the, you know, the G check on that, where they're saying, hey, you good to go, we respect it, then cool. Because again, if you do, if you are Drake and you do. You know, an afro beat song or reggae song or whatever some drill shit that last song was terrible by the way what was it war or some shit war. oh my god yeah this is this Bro. is this is this is I, 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 I,
0: I need i need ocho back on the timeline to defend that because that song was not I like that was the first time i've ever had to listen to a song with the subtitles on i was like i have no idea what this dude is saying i cannot understand him i feel like i'm watching top boy right now i need i need the i need <laughs> i need the lyrics on the screen because this doesn't make any sense
1: and i didn't really see anything i didn't see anything on the talent with that so i guess that kind of came and went because i haven't heard anybody be like oh this new drake is fire blah 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 like, they don't understand it. <laughs> i i guess i mean i get it like again having to having drake put a genre on the map quote-unquote or, Help popularize it. That's I guess that's good for the the brand, the culture, or whatever. So like I respect that, but yeah. if you want to experiment, dude, just say you're experimenting. You don't have to wrap it up with some story like, oh, you know. And, and I even need to go back and listen to other interviews because it sounded like he was putting on the the, the Canadian accent a little a little heavy, a little
0: yeah, heavy. Yeah, every he he switched he he switched he turned it on and off occasionally during that interview. There there's a few times where I so I'm like, oh, that's the Canadian accent. There we
1: go. Which had a little, which had a little, had a little Jamaican twang to it at some point, so I was I, like, I'm like, are you doing this to kind of be like, oh, well, yeah, this is how I really talk? I'm
0: like, eh. I, I will say the one thing I, 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 maybe, maybe I should go back and watch it again, but I'm, I'm probably not going to because it was over two hours long. Not once that he said he did not say nigger, not one time during that whole interview, and he said things. With an H and no tings, so that that was something that I noticed. Like there were there were no tings. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, he didn't. I don't think he said a word on that. Cause I listened to it twice. You listened to it. I I had a I had a long flight, and the other podcast that I thought I downloaded did not download. So I was like, well, this is here. I've got a couple of hours to burn. <laughs> Let <laughs> me just run sense. it back. That makes sense. But, yeah, but uh, I mean, again, just let, let us know y'all guys, y'all guys thoughts on this. Like, if you're a huge uh, Drake fan, if you're an Aubrey's angel, definitely hit us up. You know, hit me up at SB Report 706 or Marcus underscore Sniffles. Uh, we'll, we'll close out with Marcus's top Drake albums of the decade, I guess.
0: No, hey, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. It's the uh, the top, just the top albums of the decade, top Drake albums. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, well, the only reason I did this, I, I saw... Uh, um pj from the reduced lunch podcast he did this i should probably pull that tweet up which it's gonna be pretty impossible at this point because he tweeted this like i think like two or three weeks ago he tweeted out his uh his favorite albums of the decade and it took me about a week to do it just because like when you go through every year the amount of music that comes out it's a lot there's a lot of things to go through and i and i Looking at it, I I saw that there's a lot of music that I don't listen to just because there's so much. You just can't you can't listen to everything. But uh, not in not in any particular order. These are these are not the best albums of the last decade. These are just the albums that got the most run, the most spin, my favorite albums of the last decade. And I will start with... Uh number number one, uh, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, Malibu by Anderson Pack, Forever is a Mighty Long Time by Big Crit, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West, Watch the Throne, Kanye West and Jay-Z, God Forgives, I Don't, Rick Ross, Run the Jewels 2 by Killer Mike and LP. To pimp a butt, and this was a tough one because I I honestly wanted to put more than one. Uh, Kendrick album on here, but I just went with one. I went with to, to Pimp a Butterfly, Lemonade by Beyonce, and Anti by Rihanna.
1: Uh, I'll do my list on Twitter because I, I could do that. Like, I can think of my favorite albums of particular years. Like, I know for uh, 2014, it was definitely either YG My Brazy Life or Pharrell Girl. I know that. For sure. Like, once I hear the years, I can kind of Pick them out. I'd have to look at the list. Like obviously, yeah. if 2010 yeah. was the Not beautiful dark twist fancy year, that's I the start. I could probably argue something else because I my relationship with that album is weird for reasons. I can't talk about podcasts at this point, but <laughs> I listened to it at the at the period of my life I was at. I listened to that album a lot for no reason, like, and it just got to me. It got kind of old, and then with the whole Good Fridays thing, like I heard, I heard, I had heard every song. Like I was like. All right, man. Like, let's let's move on.
0: But yeah. even I mean, right. with
1: that, just a side note, like, people that think that that guitar solo was like some great guitar solo, y'all need to listen to more music because it's average at <laughs> best. <episode>. So <laughs> that it's, it's, I could probably it's do so like a guitar solo. I could probably that's some. It's probably not even real guitar. It's probably done the keyboard or something like that. To be honest, I could I could do something similar. Like, probably not trying that hard. So, yeah. but I, I'll do my.
0: There were some tough cuts on there. I know, like, uh, Diaspora by Gold Link. I don't know if people are still mad at him for what he said, but his album was really great uh, from this year. Like, uh, Daytona, Redemption, Dark Sky Paradise, um, Blank Face, Flower Boy, Crazy Life, like you said.
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie. I had to go back and listen to Blank Face. It was better than I thought it was. That shit, that
0: shit is hard, man. Like, when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, damn, why did, why did this album not... Well, I'm not gonna say it didn't get enough play, but I do remember people were saying like, you know, Schoolboy Q is the best rapper on that label when that came out, and I was like, y'all are crazy, and I listened to it and I was like, all right, y'all, y'all are still wrong, but I understand what you were saying. Like this album really goes. Like he was rapping his ass off. So it was, this, this, I, I'll just say like this was a a, a great decade for music, and I'll uh, I'll for sure t- uh, tweet out my list. I'll. I'm gonna have to. I'll dig through uh, PJ's tweets and I'll, I'll put his list up there. He has a, he had like Solange on there. I think was on his list and
1: something. I of the I, I, miss, I misspoke. Not not blank face. It's Crash Talk. Crash Talk is the better than I thought it was.
0: Crash Talk is solid. It's it's short, but it's a solid album. Like there was some there's some good stuff out here. It's just you know, it's it's tough to get to get noticed and to get like to really. Streaming area it is. You know, Yeah, you you pretty much have to damn near put out a classic to really get any type of recognition unless you're, you know, Drake, J. Cole or Kendrick or Kanye West or Jay-Z, like the big, the big artists. But if you're a, you know, second tier artist like, you know, Schoolboy Q or J-Rock or uh, J.I.D. or something like that, you really have to put out some great shit for people to take notice.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say probably my album of the year for 2019 I'm not sure if we got any grammy buzz was uh is ventura that i can honestly say that's i've probably listened to that album a zillion times i like the length i like the conciseness i like how if you listen to anderson peck's anderson pox entire discography you can tell that there's been a lot of growth you can tell he's trying to do do different things i think this one is like the the best of everything he could give us like even with the uh the second track Do you want to make it better? You can clearly tell it was written by Smokey Robinson, or whatever. This is how it is, and how he was able to still make it a great song, being written by a guy that's like 150 years old. You know what I'm saying? From an era that is completely different from the era we're in now. Like it's a, it's a great song. And another thing I want to mention about the album, album, which there's a lot of people capping on the timeline. Whenever we talk about Andre 3000, I'll talk about him being this great super rapper. But like, I didn't hear anybody talking about that verse he did on uh, the first track of the Anderson packs seat. Like he was on there spitting I didn't hear a soul talk about that verse. That's probably why he doesn't want to put out music because y'all fake support people and fake cap for people. You know what I'm saying? Like like I, I'm very and I'm this is a rant, I need to we need to cut this off because 'cause we're getting close to an hour, but we'll we'll make time. But for an album that has a song that features Smokey Robinson, a song that features Under 3000 an album that fe- a song that features uh, uh, Nate Dog, rest in peace, is a great song. Um, I, I just feel like it's not getting any the, the buzz or people aren't talking about it like it should. Like that is an excellent album. If you have listened to Past sure, Pedestal, definitely check it out. It's about forty five minutes ish. It's not a long album, but it's it's well produced. It's got some bangers. <sighs> well, he got a song called like what King James? King James is a great song. The song before that is great. Like it's it's a very 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 solid album. So I might be biased, nice, but I, I enjoy actually
0: that. I I talked to uh to Pratt about this. About, I was like, you know who who is Anderson Pack like because he he does rap, he does sing, he does play instruments, and I was like, who who do we compare him to? Like who's the person? Who's the musician that you would compare him to from you know back in the day or or whatever? And he said Stevie Wonder, and I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I can live with that. And for me, if I was to like, if you told me, because I, I already did, like, my Mount Rushmore. Like, it's Kanye West, Beyonce, James Brown, and um, uh, Prince. But if you told me I have to predict, like, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, who would be on someone's Mount Rushmore, I feel like Anderson mm-hmm. Pack would be that person. Like, the way, the, the music that he's making, the stuff that he's producing, the his songwriting ability, the, the way he plays on the drums, the way he, he performs live. His features, like he he stands out. Like he would be my my pick for that. Like the guy who's going to be like a future legend, it would be like him, uh Kendrick. Uh
1: Drake. I would mm, I would put he's gonna have to, he's gonna find the phone. He's his spot is, the man said he he said hasn't now rushed more of him like five times or something like that. <laughs> even though even though also at the same time he says like, oh, you know i'm humble i don't i don't like to talk about my albums you know but then also turned around and said i make music that ages age as well but you know that's that's kind of the theme of the episode but well, yeah if, if
0: she actually if she actually just stuck to making music janelle monae would be on that list too but she does a lot of other things but yeah it it, it he he's that great of an artist when we talk about anderson jack like he's the he's the future of music he's going to be the guy that when when you know 20 years from now we look back and be like yeah i was around for that guy's prime, or I was around for his error. Like he's he's gonna be important for for sure.
1: Definitely, definitely. So uh, we'll wrap this up again. And end of the year, appreciate everybody supporting us. I think we've almost hit like forty thousand listens on SoundCloud. We should be that by soon. So you know we'll probably do like a New Year's goals episode or something like that. But uh, appreciate the support throughout the year. Definitely drop a, a review on Apple Podcasts. Our link was kind of messed up for a little while, but it is back up. So if you do rock with the podcast, definitely drop us a five star review, all that jazz. You've heard it a thousand times. So but again, uh Marcus, closing words before we wrap get out of here.
0: Nah man, yeah, just uh thanks for the support and uh heading into the new year, heading into twenty twenty. Hope y'all keep rocking with us, keep uh retweeting and listening and sharing with your friends. And you know, we're just gonna keep out, keep on uh turning out great podcasts. Cause I honestly I feel like this is one of the we're one of the best podcasters out there. Like when it comes to like content, opinions, um, being able to back up opinions with facts, consistency, um, consistency, being informative, being funny, all that stuff. I feel like we're one of the best ones out here. So uh, if you feel the same way, you know, share it with a friend, share it with a family member. Thanks. Shout out to shout out to El Chapo. Shout out to Adolphus, Gift Queen Tribbles. Uh, KJ, uh, Pratt, um, Jalen,
1: so. But yep, All right, I guess I'll go edit this and, uh, it's podcast. We out. Peace. Yep. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the kidswearcrowns.com
0: and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you articles tv and movie reviews playlists and a collective of podcasts which includes don't call this a podcast sturdy show presents the barbershop podcast two dope Smarks, the committee podcast pretty petty politics and we bring in love back we've also got a brand new webcast called politics as usual hosted by ron and aj so be sure to go to the subscribe if you like what you see and follow us on twitter at the kwc blog